Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in studio today by co-host Lisa Durfus. Hey, Lisa. Hello. How's it going? I'm okay. How are you doing? I am doing great, but why just okay? Well, I'm a little under the weather. I was actually not feeling all that great even last week when we were doing the show, and that has only descended into like a really bad cold. My first of the season, but we're drinking lots of tea, and hopefully I should be on the mend and better when we do next week's show. So this should be all right. Okay, good. Well, this week we are actually talking tea, but not in the way that you might expect. Do you know what the three most consumed beverages are in the world? Well, the first one's water. The second one is our beloved tea. But do you know what the third is? It's beer. We are going to be talking about the connection between tea and beer. If you folks were listening last week, you know that we are doing our show in conjunction with an article coming out in Fresh Cup magazine in the December issue that is going to talk about tea and beer. And this past year, we've had three great projects that we've worked on that have our tea brewed with somebody's beer. So we're going to get a chance to talk to those brewmasters. But today, we want to concentrate on the brew itself the history of beer, as well as what beer actually is. And then we're actually going to show you how close beer and tea are to one another. It's very fascinating, the comparison between the two. But let's start off with the history. Beer is actually the oldest alcoholic beverage on record. See, now, I would not have thought that. Yes. In fact, its first written record comes from Egypt in 9500 B.C., yeah, I had no idea. That's a really long time ago. That's a really long time ago. Well, it spreads all through Europe, and by 3000 BC, Germanic and Celtic tribes were brewing beer all throughout Europe. But, you know, European beers were a little different than some of the ones that we find today because they were using a lot of local ingredients, fruits, plants, spices, even some narcotic herbs. Wouldn't mind trying some of those, especially given how I feel today. <laughs> yes, it might do you some good. Indeed. But in 1516 AD, there was a change in the way beer was brewed in Europe. The Duke of Bavaria signed a purity law. Let's see if I can say this right. Reinheitsgebot. I'm sorry, what was that again? Reinheitsgebot. Very good. Not too bad for my non-German speaking person. And that law actually declared that the only ingredients to be in beer were to be water, hops, and barley malt. That's sort of why most of the German-style beers are Pilsner-style. They're sort of on the lighter edge of things. This law is actually the oldest food quality regulation that's still in use today. Now, they did revise it in 1993, and they expanded it so that it could account for yeast being added for bottom-fermented beers and sugar to be used for top-fermented beers. So there was a slight change in 1993, but imagine a law that's been in the books on how to brew beer since 15, 1680. That's a long-standing law. But really, the question comes back to, what is beer truly anyway? When we get back, we're going to ask that question to our friend, brewmaster Blake Collins for the Borderlands Brewery, and he's going to give us some insights as to exactly what this bewitching beverage is. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hi, my name is Roxanne, and I am with the Maya Tea Company. Now, Manish and the guys know an awful lot about tea, and they have put together some incredible blends. But let's face it, sometimes they still need a woman's touch. I have a special gift for aesthetics, and have put the finishing touches on most of the tea blends that we make in-house. But I've also created my own blends from scratch. 
One of my own tea blends has become the number one seller for the Maya Tea Company, the Pomegranate Mojito Green Tea. Pomegranate Mojito mimics one of my favorite bar drinks with fresh green tea, peppermint, lime, and pomegranate. And don't worry, if you're missing that extra kick, this tea tastes incredible with an added ounce of tequila or rum. Don't be afraid to spice up your teas. That's what I do. You can find my pomegranate mojito tea, as well as recipes and many tea cocktail ideas at www.mayatea.com. You can save 15% on any of your tea selection, particularly the pomegranate mojito. Our coupon code is STEEP. Cheers! Or as we say here in the Southwest, salute. back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, joined in the studio today by co-host Lisa, talking about all things tea and beer. Now, I think some of you may be wondering, what really is beer? I mean, we know when you go to the store and you get those bottles and you look on the shelves and the cans and stuff that, oh, that's beer, but that's only because it says it on the outside. Do you actually know what beer is? No, I really don't. I mean, this has been a great learning experience for me. I mean, you're right. I just crack one open and drink it. And enjoy. Yes. So being located in Tucson, Arizona, I went to one of our local experts, Brewmaster Blake Collins from the Borderlands Brewing Company, and I asked him that question. Tell me exactly what is beer? Let's hear what he has to say about this. From a brewmaster's perspective, when people ask you, what is beer, what do you say to them? Yeah. So I've learned to give the Reader's Digest version of this because I can just go on and on and on. Of about course, what, of course. Like, I can do the same about so, tea. Yeah, so, yes. right, right. So beer is malted barley, hops, water, and the most important ingredient, the yeast. So when you say malted barley, what do you mean by malted? They'll take the barley and they'll sprout it and then they'll kiln it and it locks in enzymes. And the long story short is these enzymes, when I mill them and add them to water at a specific temperature, they convert starches into sugars. So those sugars are what the yeast eat and produce alcohol. Now, how high a temperature do you, I don't know if you would call it cooking, what would you call the process? Of right, so the mashing temperatures I typically shoot for, after I add the water, anywhere from a range of 140 to 160. So you take all your recipes. ingredients and then you, you call it mashing? Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll take the barley and we'll mill it and then we'll add it to our mash tun with the water, let it mash for about an hour and a half, and then we'll go ahead and strain that sweet liquor off. And then we add it to our kettle, and then we start adding hops, which add bitterness, and they add aroma, and they add flavor. And depending on when we add them, we get different effects from them. And then after that, we chill it, and then we pitch our yeast into it, and they do their magic. And then how long does it have to sit before you can then tap it or use it? That's a rough question to answer. There are a couple different variables that go into it, but for all intents and purposes, we tell people that we can have a beer ready in about three weeks. So within three weeks, you can have beer. Yeah. And then you have, much like tea, a lot of variations on the theme. Definitely. Different types of things that you can add and different grains and so forth, Absolutely. which create the wide variation right. that you would find right. in beer. So there are a couple different trains of thought with all this. I mean, we have some brewers that all they want to add to their beer is just malt, hops, water, and yeast. And then you have people like us, these crazy people that like to throw anything and everything inside their beer, the very Belgian kind of mindset with their brewing. 
we like to find what's local and use local ingredients and use you know anything that's special that we can really create a flavor profile with. Right. In fact, right now we're actually tasting a beer that you brewed yeah. that has uh, spices, yeah. nutmeg, mm-hmm. cinnamon, ginger, yep. kind of for the fall. Exactly. And so just taking a pure beer isn't enough. You want to take it up a notch and right. add, add some enhancing characteristics yeah, I mean, to it. Beer is infinite, and there's so much to explore. And so I, I really like to explore these different possibilities that we can find using other ingredients. So I think it's interesting talking to him because it's kind of like history repeating itself that we're reaching out and sourcing local ingredients and different things to put into beer. Everything except, of course, the narcotic herbs. Right. That's probably illegal at this point. But we've gone from this strict law from the Germans, where you could only use three ingredients, to now the world of beer opening up to using lots of different ingredients, one of which is tea, which I think is awesome. Yes, I agree with you. I think it's a great concept, a great idea. And when we come back, we're going to actually explore that concept a little deeper. You're going to be really surprised at how the process of brewing beer and the process of brewing tea is actually not that different. Stay with us, and we'll get into it right here on Steeping Around. Hello, everyone. This is Nick coming at you from the Maya Tea Company. Although most of my work is limited to assisting the company at the local Tucson farmers markets, the benefits in working in and around the Maya Tea Company are many. When I first started to work here, it dawned on me that they had a huge supply of yerba mate, which just happens to be my favorite stimulating beverage. It felt as though I was right at home. When I used to do a lot of travel and keeping long hours playing in a band and going to college, yerba mate was my beverage of choice. I've been drinking yerba mate for years now, and I appreciate that it doesn't make me quite as jittery as coffee. It has a host of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, the list goes on. Working for the Maya Tea Company in the Tucson Farmers Markets requires that you are on your A-game at all times. And for me, Yerba Mate is the perfect beverage to assist with that. So the next time you're in the market for purchasing some of the finest Yerba Mate, visit us at mayatea.com. And don't forget to enter the coupon code STEEP to receive 15% off. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in studio today by co-host Lisa Durfus. And while we're talking all things tea, in case you're interested in trying any of our teas, please visit our website, www.mayatea.com. That's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com. If you're a fan of the show, you can fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as Maya Tea. Also, you can find all of our old podcasts at steepingaround.com. Now, one of the things that I think is interesting is that based upon the way that Blake described the brewing process, it's a little confusing, but it's actually a lot like tea. So in the brewing of beer, it's basically a three-step process. There's mashing, there's boiling, and then there's fermentation. To begin with, the beer brewing process uses malted barley, and they prepare a wort, which is uh, like a sugary liquid 
they take that barley and they mash it up in hot water, 140 to 160 degrees, mush it up real good for about 90 minutes. So that gets that wort ready. They then take that sweet liquid and bring it up to boiling, and that's when they put in the hops. Now, that's also when you would put in tea if you were going to use it for beer. And in that regard, I think the notion of hops and tea is really similar. Because if you leave the hops in for too long or if it's at too high a temperature, that's when you get some of the bitterness. So the beers that are more bitter will have the hops in there for longer. So that flavor comes out a little stronger. And you can sort of cross the line, but if you keep it short, you can get some of those floral notes. And depending on the different hops, you can get different types of flavors. And that's quite similar to tea. You know, whether you use black tea and it's a little stronger, you use green tea, you have to be a little lighter with it. Well, and you can also remove it and put it back in as well, which I find interesting that you can do that. Yeah, you can really enhance the flavor components by doing a lot of different things. So after they finish the boiling, that wort is then cooled, and they add yeast and allow it to sit for anywhere from a few weeks to a few months, although Blake says three weeks, which I much prefer. But this is a really important step because it is the yeast that converts the sugars into alcohol. There you go. Luckily, we don't have to do that with tea because my patients would never give me the chance to wait for three weeks until my beer was ready. Uh, no. As we have stated before, I am not that patient to wait that long. I agree. But luckily for us, we won't have to. Next week, we're lucky enough to continue our conversation with Blake. We're actually going to speak to him about the tea-based brew that he made at his Borderlands Brewing Company. We're going to get to try some and have a conversation about the various things that he sees about tea and beer as well. You'll definitely want to join us for that. If you have any questions that you'd like for us to ask any of our brewers that are going to be on the show during the next three weeks, be sure to email us. The show's email is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. Thank you for being on the show, Lisa, with me as always. Oh, it's my pleasure. Glad to be here. And thanks to all of you for listening. And please remember, whether it's a beer or some tea, make sure you spend some time steeping around with someone you love. Thank you.